surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Barcy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we're aware of which bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilantism, which is Batman 67. Today, actually, I should start with, I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. Today, as you can tell, I'm excited because we're watching episode season two, episode 36, The Mad Hatter Runs Afoul which is completely buck wild compared to where we started of Mad Hatter just wants to steal Batman's cow. It was directed by Oscar Rudolph and written by Charles Hoffman and originally aired January 5th, 1967 with special guest villain, the Mad Hatter as played by David Wayne. And our one-sentence Wikipedia summary says the Mad Hatter plans to finally get his hands on Batman's cow and apparently kills the dynamic duo in the attempt. Yeah, we read that same one-sentence Wikipedia summary last time. And I was like, what? I didn't read, they didn't get into the death part until this one. But yeah, yeah. it was a full-on, it was a full-on thing that happened. Like so the whole foundation really of the whole grisly. show. And it ends up with Batman having his own cult. <laughs> a cult of stock footage people. Yeah. <laughs> it takes some turns. Some troubling, troubling uh, turns. But of course, of course, to kick off the episode here, we have to have the recap of the previous episode. Again, it's only a, a recap of the death trap where they're just glowing away in an x-ray cabinet in the atomic energy laboratory. It was a really long recap, and I was like, oh, they don't have much for this one, do they? I was delightfully surprised. It was a long recap, but just one shot of them glowing, and then a lot of words about the death trap. It wasn't... It it wasn't a long... For safe, clean nuclear energy. Look at how they (laughs) glow with effervescent blue basically yeah don't you want to look this cool yeah it was a pretty cool effect for 1967 if your town was going to burn down because there was an accident at the plant wouldn't you prefer that it glowed this ethereal blue yeah if it turns these people into zombies you'd want to be able to see them glowing in the dark wouldn't you yeah look how well preserved they are here that's right but that was it that was the recap so now after the after the the opening credits, we we cut back to this cabinet. Okay, Batman cabinet, yeah. And Batman and Robin are skeletons. There's just two skeletons wearing their costumes it in their does place. Like a medium shot with the, the entire frame. It's amazing. It was so good, and I love that somehow Batman's shirt and pants were irradiated off. And Robin's shirt was radiated off. 
And you know they're not really dead, right? So you're like, okay, so they ran off. But if they ran off, that means that Batman's wearing, Batman's fully dressed and Robin is ass nude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know what happens. They could be dead. We don't know. I, I myself was like, well, this is how the series ends right here. Batman and Robin are dead. I was we like, a... that's the end of them. Now we just have to watch the disturbing mop-up from the people in their supporting cast, and I wasn't let down. No, it was disturbing. Mad Hatter and his goons come back for some reason to check on them. Yeah. And just and they see the skeletons, and Polly, the hat check girl, she's sad. She's like, oh, oh. This is really grisly. Yeah, why would you show me this? And he's like, what's the matter, Polly? I told you what to expect. And she's like, why, why would you bring me here to show me skeletons? What's wrong with you? I would think you? your generation would find it groovy. She's like, every man wants a pretty girl with him at a skeleton dance. And yeah. she, what? What's a skeleton dance? That does that? I don't know. What in God's name are you talking about, Mad Hatter? I don't know. I'm wearing an irradiated hat that's giving me severe <laughs> brain cancer. <laughs> Anyway, let's be on then. So they leave. They get a weird line here where one of the goons is like, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you steal that that cow?" Like, because I'm happy with the one I already tricked them out of. How many irradiated cows do you want me to have? <laughs> Getting weird. And then, as you would expect, your first thought. When you hear someone has passed away, uh, you feel sorry for their loved ones. You wonder how they're reacting. You wonder how they're holding up. Uh, that's the next scene we get here. Commissioner Gordon yes. finds out that Batman and Robin, less so Robin, uh, are dead. And as I've said many times in the past, I haven't actually seen a Batman script, but I hope there's just brackets where Gordon talks where it says something gay about Batman. He loses his mind here. It was kind of a funny scene, though, because he's devastated trying to get his words out. And O'Hara is clueless and has no idea what's going on, so he's just trying to cheer him up. He's like, ah, uh, Bagora, you probably got a you probably got a bottle in your desk here. We could we could get drunk. <laughs> he's like, my world has come apart at the seams, Chief O'Hara. And Chief O'Hara's like just kind of stay like cut to him staring at him. <laughs> yeah, he's just slack jawed and has no idea what's going on. <laughs> he's like, Batman and Robin met their makers inside of an atomic cabinet, reduced down to skeletons. And like, you imagine that scene happening, like Batman and Robin actually died and met their maker. And God is like, holy crap! Who came up with this? This is crazy. Well, this was a long scene too. O'Hara finally he finally gets to hear. He finally understands what's going on, and then he breaks down as well. So it's and he's starts too... pounding on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Probably uprooted his wife. Went into the closet where he lives and uprooted his wife. The why pot of couldn't plant. it have been ye? <laughs> so this is the point where I paused, and I just happened to pause as it flipped to the next scene. And that cross-eyed phone operator really gave me the creeps. 
I love the the Plan Nine from Outer Space level budget they have for the different consoles around the world that Gordon somehow has numbers to. When he calls to tell the whole world that some local guy who dresses up in a weird gimp costume died, <laughs> and yeah. they're all like heartbroken by it. Like yeah, the, the pres- United States the president. has like a pair of antlers on the wall for LBJ, and then like they have some stock footage of England, and the guy's like tut tut. <laughs> <laughs> The Queen's at Buckingham Palace, but she'll be on a plane shortly. Yeah, like the whole world is devastated by the loss of this guy. I was, that... I was impressed, though, that when they cut to Russia, which I wouldn't imagine that they would ever let Gordon have the number two. Um, when they cut to Russia and the girl answers the phone, they don't like, she's she's like, yet, yet, not Batman, because she only knew so much Russian. Yeah. But it's not like, she doesn't go like, ah, <laughs> The <laughs> of capitalism. <laughs> that would be funny too. I th- do you think Gordon has Russia's phone number because they treat him like they treat like Steven Seagal nowadays, where they yeah. kind of humor him and hope to get some secrets out of him? <laughs> I want them to cut to the Mexican console where they have an obviously <laughs> white woman who's blonde wearing a sombrero going, ah, Dios mío. <laughs> I'll tell President Speedy Gonzalez right away. Yeah, like they have a, cool. a frame picture of Lennon on the wall in Russia. <laughs> they cut to Mexico, it's just Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> and the script yeah, was... says some plan nine from outer space shit. <laughs> and then it, it really has like quotes for the next couple of pages. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't use the old spinning newspaper trick. Yeah. <laughs> for exposition it was bad this was also the point while i had it paused on the on the phone operator i tried googling uh, how long it takes for a body to turn into a skeleton Uh, of course it (laughs) depends on (laughs) well it's it takes about three weeks on average but of course that depends on environmental factors and things uh but then i googled of course when i started typing that in it came up right away. Like it was yeah, like the second was, suggestion. Suggestion. Because people want to look. But then when I was like, well, okay, what are the conditions and how long would it take inside a giant uh, fluoroscopic x ray chamber in an atomic lab? Uh, that didn't come up. That was Google's no help on that one. So I, I have no idea. Yeah, you should have asked Chat GPT and it could have been like, we think you're going to harm someone. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't me. It was the header. It was the header. Um, mad header. Uh, who happens to name drop, or his, his lady here name drops. She's like, wow, you know, you're up there with the Joker and the Puzzler and uh, maybe the Riddler. Pretty sure the that Puzzler is not up there, but yeah. Yeah. One of these things is not like the other. I mean, te- <laughs> technically, the Mad Hatter is not really up there either. Other than David Wayne is amazing. Well, I mean, so he. I think we're confusing like the general general way you would understand like Batman villains being up there, and we we're forgetting you got to keep in mind of in universe like Joker's biggest plot was one time he like you know frittered away a grillion dollars on a on a vending machine scam, and one time Riddler like. Based is a hideout out of the sewer. I mean, it's not like it's That's, really high standards. Well, it's he not didn't have that work your level. Yeah, he didn't have Warden Crichton money yet, though. In that episode, yeah. he hadn't been to prison. 
I suppose. He's just down to but, the end of his savings and loans he could get from friends. Right. This is where they reveal the whole town is shut down. Gotham City is reduced to just stock footage of sad looking crowds. Over an unauthorized mass vigilante. Yeah. Because they remember. Maybe these people are probably old enough to remember what it was like before Batman. When yeah. crime ran rampant. And it was like the Wild West. <laughs> yes. Which shame was a holdover from. He's like, things exactly. sure changed around here since a couple of years ago when it really was like the Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> We saw where adorable Western outfits. Yeah. Trick riding and, and the like. <laughs> so Mad Hatter reveals this is this is the perfect time. So they know the ruby that he snatched from Hattie Hatfield in the previous episode was fake. But he's going to use that and replace the there's a some Buddha ruby about to go on exhibit oh my god the, the gotham city the buddha ruby i couldn't focus on that i was like this is needlessly complex just show me show me more of gotham city burning to the ground yeah but he says what a perfect time to snatch that ruby so he's they're off he's got his ruby snatcher thing in his glove and everything he's ready to go this does pay off later with one of my favorite lines so that we'll get to well, in the meantime, we've got it. There's a huge crowd of people gathered outside Wayne Manor. Harriet's got four thousand ladies on the funeral committee. Uh, she's also planning a a committee for commissioning a giant statue of Batman. Yeah, Harriet of all people. Why exactly? Because she loves Batman. I'm just a justice. local busybody, and nobody else has volunteered yet. Oh, but it's been like fifteen minutes, right? Like. Yeah. She's already got this. Yeah, wow. So I hope lady. the Batman statue is like the one in Dark Knight Rises, where it's like this god awful, ugly thing of Batman screaming at you. And I put in like the middle of the park. I, I hope like the statue, ball statue, that people were like, "Oh God, is she gonna come to my house?" No, but keeping in mind the other statues we've seen of people in this series it's gonna look like it's made out of mashed potatoes and it's yeah it's gonna be frightening and look they, nothing they like didn't him. ask an architect to head the or a sculptor to head the batman statue committee they just hired me because look at her other fine statues and then they're just like a <laughs> pan of garbage <laughs> just, get, just get one of those statues that looks like nothing out of the comedian's hall of fame you know this yeah we're going to use the Laurel and Hardy statues to make a Batman and Robin. Oh, I forgot to mention, they did reveal that they escaped. When they were escaping, the before they got to Wayne Manor, they were in the, the Atomic Energy Lab again. And they had a a bat x-ray deflector Yeah, in his utility belt. So it didn't stop him from glowing in the, in the dark for a bit, but that's what saved them. And, and luckily, then the German yeah, guy that Project Paperclip brought to the U.S. let them out of the comic cabinet or whatever, and they were like, Batman was like, I know you have a few skeletons in your closet, and then they both laugh about the Holocaust and kind of move on. <laughs> that's right. And they had spare clothes, so that's how they yeah. get spare clothes in the Batmobile, spare cowl, whatever, so that's how they that's how they set up this little ruse 
then we get so back in Wayne Manor. There's a huge crowd again. Harriet's losing her mind. I love this scene. Part of this scene where Bruce says, "For no reason." I mean, what does he care if she if she busies herself with the crowd of lunatics? He's like, "What if I told you, Aunt Harriet, that I have one good word? Batman isn't really dead." And she's like, "Oh, Bruce, thank you for trying to buoy my spirits." And then Dick yells at her, "What if I said it?" Yeah, what if I told you? And she's like, <laughs> oh, you're well, you do scare me more than Bruce. <laughs> that was funny. Do you think Bruce said that because she was like, oh, Alfred, go serve sandwiches and coffee to that huge crowd of people? Yeah. And Bruce was like, shut up, bitch. I pay for that shit. We're not giving my sandwiches away to those crazy pores. Yeah. Those are my Batman's alive. I'll throw in the trash <laughs> first. <laughs> Exactly. If you feed them, they're like stray cats. They're never going to leave. Yeah. Bruce never eats all the food on his plate and just dumps it in the trash. And then here he gets like, oh, Bruce, they're starving people in Africa. And he's like, there sure are. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Maybe they should have lost their parents and created an empire. Maybe they should have their own Umbabwe enterprise. That would solve <laughs> that problem. Exactly. Well, after their attempt to convince Harriet that Batman and Robin are still alive doesn't work, well, Bruce suggests maybe it's time to spend a moment alone in my study, Dick. What do you say? Yeah. She's like, oh, what a beautiful way to pay respects. I was like, what do you think is going on in there? They're going to go lament gonna... the loss of Batman and Robin by having sex together. It's not going to be good. But instead, the saddest scene in the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that's where they give give Gordon a phone call with the good news. Oh, I forgot. I wrote down here that I did love that Alfred has a black band on his arm for Batman's death that he knows is not true. He's just fucking with Harriet. But she says, Alfred, even you have a black band on, even though you're not from this country. Yeah. Even no, though you're a dirty foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, even a dirty foreigner like you is wearing a ribbon. You're from some fictitious place with kings and queens and such, and you that you understand what's gone wrong here. Yeah, L- Londonium, I think. Yeah. You're from Airstrip One. So after that, uh, in the study, we get the scene where they relight Gordon's eternal flame and make him the happiest man in Gotham City. Uh- I love that Gordon and O'Hara are standing at the window looking at the crowds of people who are apparently just purging the streets and then the phone rings and they both whip around and Gordon's like, by God, he's calling us. And then he finds out what, that Batman's really alive and O'Hara's like proud of himself for some reason. And he's like, oh, he came back from beyond the pale. And then in my mind, this scene goes on where he whips out a potato and hurls it at the ceiling and says, take that at God. And then Commissioner Gordon says, O'Hara, I've told you that's not God. That's just a waffle that Robin (laughs) threw up there. (laughs) Uh, That would be great. This was a long scene, but it was nice to see Gordon so happy again. Yeah, He was so happy to the point where he doesn't care about crime anymore for the whole rest of the episode. Just let it all burn down, O'Hara. Batman will take care of it. He's back, you know, in Pog. No, he doesn't even he doesn't even want Batman to take care of anything. He just wants him to like 
come give him a hug, I think. Because he's like, Batman says on the phone, okay, I'm going to go stop the Mad Hatter. And he's like, what? The Mad Hatter? Who cares about that? Who cares about that? Pipsqueak's inconsequential plans or crimes. Forget him. Leave him. You're alive. That's all that matters. Just come see me. I I said, wow. He didn't write this. Like, Mad Hatter didn't write the script. Why are you being so hard on him? Yeah. Calling him inconsequential and being like, whoa. It's a shot at the script. He's easily in the D list of your foes. Come down here so I can look at you. <laughs> Please pose. Let me draw you like one of my French girls. Yeah. So Maybe now the they're in. And Robin figuring out the crime by just staring in space. Well, I think first we get the scene where they actually snatch the ruby. Oh, yeah. They're in the museum at the Buddha statue. And the only reason I know that is because my only note for that scene was what a ruby snatching sound. Because it like makes almost like the the spring laser sound that it they've used previously. It's like a it's a weird. Weird sound. Yeah. Like this whole episode, we're at like the halfway mark. They've pretty much shot shot what they're going to do as far as like the insanity of Batman's death and like that was the whole premise of this episode now they're like oh yeah we still like the writer is like echoing Gordon of oh we still have to deal with this inconsequential crap uh stills a ruby or something yeah another ruby and he replaces it with the first ruby he stole rendering the previous episode useless he's like I turned in some grade A insanity and I still have to wrap up this shit in episode one yeah, so they're down there trying to pinpoint the sound of the bug that was placed in the contaminated cow. There's a bunch of their normal back and forth. The computer spits out a location, but then they're trying to figure out what's around there. Like the reservoir. Oh, no, that's been filled in and I bet paved and turned into a park. around there. Just take a shot. That's correct. Old, boarded up buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Gotham City. Yeah, they paved paradise to put up a parking lot, as they say in that song. Parking lot and went somewhere better. Yeah, they did. So it's the defunct Green Derby restaurant. If if my memory serves me, there's a water tower in the backyard. That's got to be it. I bet the Green Derby went under because the atmosphere was just look at this water tower. Yeah. And she blames the water. So they go in and the hat check girl is standing there. Now, everyone knows it's called the defunct Green Derby restaurant. But there's a lady working there at the hat check. Yeah, who's just like a maid. None of it makes any sense. It's not a very well thought out ruse. No, and they're like, hey, uh, you don't seem like you've been open. Here, it looks pretty, pretty dirty and dusty in here. It's like, well, we shut down when we heard Batman and Robin were dead. That doesn't make any sense. And she's like, I don't I don't get paid to make sense. She's like, well, the atmosphere in here is extra dusty uh, ever since they put up that water tower. Just what? Yeah. In what world does that water tower make make your <laughs> defunct restaurant get extra dusty in the hour that... Yeah, stupid. Whatever. They look out the window. This is how they determine what's going on. First of all, they see the cowl. So they're like, okay, this is Mad Hatter's hideout, right? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, there's the cow. 
And there they are climbing up the water tower outside. <laughs> I love that part. He's like, well, there's the cow. If you look out that window, you'll see them climbing up the water tower. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> oh, like, okay, shit, we're gonna... they're as dumb as I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to go stop those guys. And she's like, hey, can I come? And like, sure, lead the way. Yeah. She just joins their team. They just casually stroll out to the water tower. <laughs> Yeah, they have a discussion at the the base of the water tower that this is probably a trap when we get up there. Yeah, let's be careful when we make this climb. So they're climbing up the the ladder. Mad Hatter and his goons are up at the top. It's like, yes, my trap. I'm going to use my hat mesmerizer. And then all of a sudden his hat just blows off. And ending <laughs> that, and like, oh, shit. He's like, shit. Yeah. So they whistle for a couple more goons to come around from the the other side of the water tower. This whole fight is going to take place on the railing around the water tower that people can stand on. It's going to make the daredevil scene where he fights the guys in the hallway look like ass. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that. This was pretty boring. Uh, (laughs) But Batman and White Space fight. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that does it. Batman and Robin make the climb successfully to the top of the water tower and confront Mad Hatter and his goons. And that means it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Fighting words. During this water tower tussle, we get whack, slop, thunk, ham, biff, Sock and Kapow. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Did you know prior to watching this fight that you can punch a man in such a way in the face that it makes the sound of a woman's name? I didn't. Yeah. Pam. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, ve- I very rarely relate the fight words to the action that's taking place on the screen. Yeah. I, ve- I very. Well, good thing because the director doesn't either. It's just some words they threw in there. <laughs> that makes sense. There was some fun stuff. Like I thought, they were, like Robin was dangling off the side of this water tower for quite some time. And, yeah, there was and then some one nice part bits in this fight. I like the part where Batman gets to the top of the water tower and almost immediately backhands Mad Hatter. I I was gonna say I, I did notice that too. He was he punches another dude and then just bitch slaps Mad Hatter in the face. It was delightful. <laughs> My favorite part, though, of this whole fight. So there's a part where Mad Hatter tries to climb up to the top of the ladder to the, go to the top of the water tower for some reason. It's some real Obi-Wan Kenobi, I have the high ground shit. But yeah. Batman gets on the opposite side of the ladder and punches him through the ladder. That was pretty great. But my favorite good, part yeah. by far was when one of the goons gets Batman down and starts trying to strangle him with his foot. And Batman's like trying to wrestle the guy's leg off of him. And he finally gets him loose. So Mad Hatter runs over to the same thing. He's <laughs> like, you just didn't do it right. I'll do it. <laughs> Here's how you choke someone. This is how you foot choke someone. <laughs> He's still mad because he lost his head. Yeah. So at the end of the fight here, the police pull up sooner, much sooner than normal. I'm not sure why they decided to have them come that soon, but there they are to help save the day. 
And then they're shot in high speed for some reason. Yeah. So Hera's up there. Like, yeah, we'll this out of the water town. Yeah, we'll take over from here. Uh, Mad Hatter climbs up the top again, that second ladder, and he's like, I think he's going to stand still and try to be invisible. Batman's like, hey, uh, should probably come down from there on account of all the radioactivity. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna die <laughs> if you're not treated. And he's like, well, at least I'll die rich. I've got the ruby. And he's like, nah, it's weird. And that's the end, basically the end of that scene. This okay, is my well, favorite the police... line from Mad Hatter that I mentioned earlier. He says, I'd like to see someone take it out of my pocket. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, he, that's a foolproof plan. He had a great messy hair deal up there in the way. Yeah, he got a he got to get some good bits in there. That was fun. I liked that. Mad Hatter's so great. He's a terrible villain. But David Wayne is as entertaining as hell. Yeah, he's fantastic. So that's it. They let the police take over, and then Batman stands up on the, stays up on the water tower, and a crowd has since gathered in the last like four seconds. Footage citizens. Yeah, and he so he waves to a stock crowd footage. Yeah, he's waving at him, and Robin says, "I guess we better go down now, huh?" Well, well, (laughs) Batman's still like. Hello, worshippers. Yeah. So we get the final scene in stately Wayne Manor. Harriet's trying to figure out how Batman and or how Bruce and Dick knew that Batman and Robin were alive. And she's not taking no for an answer here. So she's like, tell me, tell me. And Alfred's like, well, we're going to have to tell them. We're going to have to let her in on the secret. And they're like, no, Alfred. No, he's like, yes. The secret is my cousin Egbert's wife is a cleaning lady at the thing, and she made it up. Yeah, she's like they actually built the tension where you were like, "Oh, Alfred really wants to tell Aunt Harriet Bruce and Dick's secret." Is this why she's not very often in season three? Do they kill her off? And then he's like, "Something, something, Egbert." Yeah. So telling her the secret was just lying to her some more. (laughs) Yeah, but then she was like. Oh, well, but I called and talked to the professor myself. He wouldn't lie to me. Why would they have just said... Yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, they could have said, well, Batman and Robin asked him to play along so they could try to trap the Mad Hatter or something, but uh, he Adam, was just I'm sticking up for sure his... I'm I fought that man in Johannesburg. He's can't be trusted. Oh! Yeah. Instead, they just, ah, he was sticking up for his cleaning lady. You know how scientists will lie to people for their cleaning ladies? You know how those repatriated Germans from World War II are super big on the working class. But did you see here in this scene, Bruce is holding a, like a rat skeleton and looking at it with a magnifying glass. Yeah, with like Dick like leaning on his shoulder like, golly, Bruce, look at its bones. Yeah, this was it's a very skeleton... Down. It's a very skeleton forward episode for sure. Yeah, but that was it. Wild. That was the episode. That does it for season two, episode thirty-six of Batman. Yeah. Uh, so, how would you rate these uh, Mad Hatter episodes on the Batman scale of effectiveness as a crime fighter? Uh, I don't know because. 
he doesn't ever actually have a plan. Then he actually accidentally pulls a Jesus and like gathers a cult around him. Um, I don't know. Um, not high, certainly. But he had the right gizmos at the time, and once he had a cowl out of the cleaners, he was he was never unmasked. Yeah. I yeah. Maybe give him a six. Yeah. Six feels good. Uh, what about on the Robin scale for just how crazy a little bastard he is? Well, he'd scream at Aunt Harriet, but then he really wasn't a political liability outside of that. Um, he didn't do much, no. He didn't do much. Mm, uh, pretty low, six. Yeah, yeah, standard, standard six. Uh, on the Warden Crichton scale of progressive penology, where we rate this the scam, the scheme, the plot, the plan of the villain. Uh, Ooh. it was bad. Like was bad. some entertaining stuff happened, but. Again, his plan was to steal a fake ruby, uh, then steal a real ruby, and he wanted to get Batman's hat. That's stupid. That's like a maybe a four. Yeah, and only low. a four because like the ratings on this episode great. are low, but it was quality. It was fantastic from start to finish. Oh yeah, if there was a David Wayne scale for coolness as a character and just. Really, really playing it up, yeah. On the David Wade scale, a pure delight <laughs> of hits. <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah, he's great. He should have been just like a regular recurring villain all through the season. Yeah, or just been one of those guys like when they have a like a cast like on the old Nero Wolf show on A and E, where it was all the same actors and they just played different. Like the main characters stayed the same. Yeah, just but then all the play various parts. Yeah, he should have played everyone. And this episode, as Aunt Harriet, David Wade. <laughs> yeah, well, they let they let James Brolin do it. He was an armored truck driver, and then he was a police officer. They should let David Wayne do more stuff. He's they dope. should just let him pick what he wants to play. I believe in this episode, I'll be O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great. What's my motivation in this scene? Oh, right, my wife is a potted plant. Oh, right. Staving off suicide. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, coming up next, after this episode, we have a three-parter, which I think may have been intended to be a movie. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember Jim Beard was telling us about that. Yeah. And we had him on that very special episode of Surf Kings of Gotham. Yeah. That's what's coming up already. I'm excited. And it was delayed. Like, so, it originally aired January 11th, and then second part was on the 12th. And then he had to wait like a whole week till the 18th for the third part. Oh, snap. Yeah. Well, we won't make you do that, folks. No, we'll, we'll try to do it in a timely fashion. And, you know, make a lot of wild claims and chase rabbits completely off the course of the main plot. Yeah, we'll tie in some Simpsons quotes and bits. Make up a lot of headcanon. Yeah. Next time on time. Surf Kings of Gotham. <laughs> well... I guess that does it for this episode. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows. And of course, our show on shows.com. Things we have, but barely use. Yeah. Why don't you guys promote us instead? Yeah. Yeah, we're terrible. Yes. Ah, good choice, listeners. Till next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. 
serve King of Gotham. <laughs>